0: In a world where
1: evil lurks in every corner, our mighty heroes stand ready to defend justice. With their extraordinary powers and unwavering determination, they face formidable villains and protect the innocent from watching dog crap Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. We are back. It is Nerd Hero. It is Joey. It is Gus. What's up, man? Good to be back. Coming off a really fun episode last week, kind of talking about... You know what we could think about Deadpool three, and then they actually did kind of announce that they're going to do a Super Bowl teaser trailer. Oh yeah, which yeah. is pretty cool. Called so it. we did call that, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, and then talking about, of course, the the rise, the kind of the re-rise of internet piracy. And this week we're going to kind of stay on a trend of doing some things that we haven't normally done. We're not going to go into Star Wars, Marvel, DC, that kind of stuff. Or negativity. Or negativity. No, not this week. No, it's actually going to be a fun one. And I know a lot of people kind of like when we do the top five. So we're not going to do that. But we are going to talk about two each of just some underrated properties. Yep, stuff that's flown under the radar and more people need to watch it. Yeah. Sometimes it's things that made a lot of money or it's things that people did know about or maybe streamed a lot or whatever it is. Particularly one of mine probably, but it you know, made some pretty good money in the box office, but I still find it to be very underrated that people really haven't given it as much of a chance, most probably mostly because of who the star of the movie is. But it's more of a franchise right now. And that is the National Treasure series. Now the movies, not the television series that got cancelled because they decided to, you know, do what Disney does. I
0: didn't even know they did a series. Exactly.
1: Like there you go. I should tell you. See, that, I,
0: have, I haven't watched any of those movies all the way through. I've walked in on parts of them because somebody else has a part of it on, you know. But, like, I already missed most of the plot. And then, I don't know. I've just never been driven to really hop into that series.
1: Yeah. So, I'm a big history nerd. Mm-hmm. and I love these, the history, too. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of the things where if you like history, like, of course, it's absurd, right? The first <clears throat> of the series, you know, there are Disney. They're Disney releases. And it came out in 2004, and it was followed up with its sequel, "The National Treasure: The Book of Secrets" in 2007, which people still want to know. I think it was on page like 47 of the book. Damn, that was 2007. 2007, yeah, pretty crazy, wow. right? In my head, this was like 2015. Think about what? this, right? No, <laughs> 17 years ago, my friend. Yep. Get out of here. So, like, not even it was a. Ser- How many did they make? Two. Only two. Only two. They've only made two. Now, obviously, a lot of people have clamored for them to make more because they really are super enjoyable and fun movies. And they do a great job of, you know, hidden treasures, right? Like a lot of, like, treasure hunting movies. Another movie that I almost put on the list that's actually kind of underrated that's like a fun adventure movie is Sahara, the Matthew McConaughey movie. It got crapped on It made no money at the box office. But it actually was a pretty fun movie to watch. And if I I wait rewatched, I'm like, oh, this is good. Another one that, that was like underrated that I almost put on my list was another Disney property that I really liked was John Carter. It was a pretty dang good sci-fi. I liked John really? Carter. It was enjoyable to me. I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I didn't know the books or anything, but I have seen any of this stuff. Yeah. See, yeah. so like I recommend, and you know, people are probably like John Carter, but if you go back and watch it, it's actually a pretty good pretty good sci fi movie. And That's it's wild fun. because that movie has like this huge like cloud around it for how it, badly it, marketed it was. It was and everything. poorly marketed. Nobody really understood it. Huh. But it, you know, so it's one of those almost pomes. It's like another Disney property yeah. that they didn't do. Now National Treasure did pretty well in the box office. Both of them did. Uh, but you know, it's it's one of those things where you, you had that Nicolas Cage stigma where it didn't have as much staying power. Mm-hmm. And if you have people that like that watched them back in the day and they really you, you like them a lot like they're really fun and they're family pretty family friendly which is great about it so if mm-hmm. you have older kids so like your kids like they would probably enjoy it I think you know if they like history stuff I mean mm-hmm. it's it's good but you know it's just that historical artifacts and like looping in history and all these different things and it sounds like these movies scratch the Indiana Jones itch for you They do they they do they they are I would say probably a more family oriented indiana jones Mm -hmm. movies yeah okay and they they're really good i mean obviously like nick cage plays benjamin franklin gates so you know super like american type Mm. name but you know with the first one it's you probably see the memes now it's like you know you're out with your buddies and you say it's going to be a couple drinks but then you know a couple hours later you say that i want to i'm going to go steal the declaration of independence (laughs) and that's where it comes from right is that, that movie where it's so absurd, right? But right. the way they do it is so cool. It's fun. Like Sean Bean's in it. You know, he's the villain. It's really fun. And you have you know, kind of good side characters. And it's just, it's a good movie. They kind of go to these different things and it almost makes it make sense. They're treasure hunting, but they're doing it in a way that it's also like trying to preserve history and things like that. So right. I thought it was a really cool Way that he did, and the second one is pretty interesting. Where in that one they up the ante and he kidnaps the president to have to get oh, like yeah. secrets or sort of. So, but, I mean, not in a bad way. When you see it, it's it's fun, and um, I just think that you know if people go back and revisit these movies that they really would. And I don't know that they would if you released them now. How well they would do, but I think they would do pretty well because they're really fun. They're good family-oriented like histories. You learn things when you're watching them. And the banter's good. They have good it's a good chemistry between. Like there's a love story in it, but it's Mm. not over the top. Right? It all kind of flows together with the story. So you're you're not beat over the head with a love story. You're kind of really it's just dealing with the action and the plot and like the, the facts that you learn about different things. So it's actually a really a fun series, you know. The, I think the second one deals a little bit with like the assassination of Abraham Lincoln and things like that. So okay. things that you know about, but then also deals with like the president's secret book. So like every president has it, and it has like all the 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 things, like this mm-hmm. conspiracy theories and stuff like that, like hidden in this book. And so is, is, is like it that. like
0: twisting kind of like alternate history type of stuff? No, like, I based would... on real
1: events, but then kind of like. <sighs> I wouldn't say so. Uh, you know, they, they they kind of weave the story... I mean, it sounds like it. it. <laughs> and, to be no, no, honest, no. it sounds well, like Well, no, it's, no, it's, it, it kind of weaves into the story a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's not... I wouldn't say... It's not like, you know, like, Inglorious Bastards revisionist history or anything. Right, yeah, that, that's uh, exactly you know, I mean, what I mean. No, yeah. no, it wasn't anything like that. No, they, they certainly... They're honestly dealing with actual historical things and then making kind of side stories, like a side quest out of it okay. in a weird way. and Kind of like okay. saying, oh, this ties in. I mean, I don't know if you've, maybe not the movie because it's not great, uh, but Abraham v- Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. I don't know if you've ever read the I, book no. or seen the movie. I've seen the trailer for it. And so the but movie about it. is not super, but the book, <laughs> so the, nice the book is great. It absolutely is awesome. I'm not, I can't even explain it to you how good the book is, but I will, I will attest to anybody read Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I didn't even know it was a book, it's awesome. It literally, I thought this was like mold straight to B movie factory type of. No, Seth Seth Graham Smith, he wrote this book, and what it does is it literally takes elements of Abraham Lincoln's life, like real things, Mm. and he ties in how. He also became a vampire hunter during it, and it ties all these things in historical events and like makes it make sense. It's really incredible. Like I mm. can't explain to you how good this book is, but it really is awesome. So why
0: why is the National Treasure series a underrated, flew under the radar thing for you? Because to me, that was heavily marketed. It felt like that was I think all it's over more now. Time.
1: I you know I, I guess because maybe because I go to Disney so much that. I would have thought a property like that would have more things that are related to it at like the parks. That's and stuff true like because that.
0: because what is it like Adventureland in, in Magic yeah, Kingdom? Yeah, I what mean, did, I feel like that would benefit a lot from including some kind of um, national treasure. Yeah, there. I mean,
1: because it's not like that. The movies did bad at the box office. I just think that this the, it just didn't have any staying power, I mean, and maybe that's because the, it's a history thing, and people are like nerds. You know, or something <laughs> like that. But I just felt like that a property like that... I mean, for God's sake, they got Swiss Family Robinson still hanging on at the Disney parks. Yeah, that's what National I'm saying. Treasure that, could make it. <laughs> that part of the park
0: could definitely...
1: <laughs> you see, you definitely see what that. I mean? Like, it just to me, it, it seems like that they could update a few things here and there. And I thought National Treasure would be a, a great one to even implement. It's like, hey... This is a really great franchise we're proud of, and it, and it might again if they end up doing a third movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, they tried the series that I never watched it because I heard it was absolutely awful, but it didn't it didn't yeah. really draw me in because it didn't have Nicolas Cage in it. It didn't have. It anything surprised in me to hear you first. say
0: that you think it flew under the radar, honestly. Because to me, I guess as the outsider, granted I never watched it, right? But as just somebody you know, like passerby type of thing to it, I just assumed that it was like a smash hit around the time of the Pirates movies and all that stuff that plenty, I wouldn't plenty of people would have seen. But you're right though because I, I don't think I've ever really heard anybody else even mention that in conversation like that. You're right. Yeah. yeah. You're, this is probably the first time I've ever had a conversation about that franchise. Exactly, Like right? The only reason I know about
1: it is because of like trailers, posters, and stuff like that that yeah. I saw at the time. It was greatly marketed. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It really was. It wasn't anything about that. And like I said, it's not like it was a box office bomb or anything. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, it's a movie, uh, two movies that I watch at least once a year, because I like them so much. I really then. Yeah, I really enjoy them. And like I said, they're they're fun. They're not they're not meant to be anything other than just fun movies. And sometimes that's they don't make I have to say, but they don't make them like that a lot in the box office anymore. Like Top Gun Maverick, we were talking about the other night. You know, just yeah. you know, how that's a fun movie. It's a great movie because there's nothing more to it than it's just fun. And it and it does right. exactly what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And the National Treasure movies are like that too. There's, That's great. They're on Disney Plus. They're on Disney Plus. I'm
0: gonna check them out. Yeah, they're great. Okay. Yeah, great. I, yeah I, I I'm glad. I'm them. glad I haven't seen what yeah. you brought up because
1: I, I want some stuff to add to my list. Right. Yeah, I, I think that I think those are are, are especially nowadays they're underrated. And I would hope that people would go back and uh, revisit them or watch them for the first time. So, anyway, well, yeah, I'm, move on to yours.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, kind of going off the history thing because I, I, I like history too. You know, I've thrown a bunch of history podcast stuff your way. And this recently just popped up in like a recommendation to me. And I had, I knew that it existed, but I didn't really like feel the urge to go watch it. Whatever, I took a chance on it. But Tetris on Apple TV. Man, it's it's uh, another like based on a true story type of bio film sort of right, akin to like um, like Air. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, and I I, I liked Air. I Air thought it was great. really good. Right yep. about the uh, Nike with the, the Air Jordan story and all that. Stuff. Another underrated movie, honestly. It was pretty underrated, yeah. Um, but I, I feel like that one got more exposure, it definitely. Did. Because definitely I, did. I have at least had it come up in conversation, right. Mm-hmm. Whereas Tetris, I haven't heard anything about. You know, I only have seen, like, a couple posters come up um, whenever I've been on Apple TV. And then again, not really ever engaged to watch it. Man, I took a chance and I'm so glad I did. I would say as far as based on a true story movies go, right, about these, like, unlikely odds put up against somebody looking to do a product launch or something like that, Tetris is a better movie. It's got a lot more going for it in terms of action and stakes and things like that, whereas... Air, definitely lean much more into like the corporate side of the struggle right mm-hmm. and the the industry odds going against them and things like that this definitely has a lot of that going on too but there's a lot to get invested in with like the personal stakes of the characters following so the character if i remember his name right now not the character but the real life person is hank rogers okay hank rogers is the guy who it, it's weird because he's not like He's not the inventor of Tetris. He's not even the guy that, like, discovered Tetris, right? He just, like, found it and saw the potential in it in a broader market Mm -hmm. that originally was not being explored, right? Um, The movie does a great job of going into the history of the game and the role that it played during the time of the Soviet Union's last days and things like that. So that's what I was saying. Like, if, if you're mm-hmm. a history fan, there's yeah. definitely a component in there that is going to tailor to those, those likes, right? And it's super well acted. Taron Edgerton does a great job, like... He always does pretty yeah, much. I've never seen him in anything that I don't like yeah, he's really. Great. Like he's he's he nails it. Like I mean even <laughs> even in sing, like, like yeah. my kids got sing on half the time. Like oh, even yeah. that, like he nails it. The guy seems like he's a really like he pours himself into whatever it is he's doing at the time and he yeah. definitely does it here too. And yeah, I didn't I didn't hear anybody talking about this. I never saw social media posts about it, I never saw any TikToks or anything. Mm. But the history of Tetris is super interesting. I didn't know it's actually still the best selling game of all time wild. That's insane. I I don't know how many millions of copies or whatever is sold and it's been ported to like every platform under the sun originally for the just like as a PC game that people shared on floppy disks and then going on to like the original NES and then the Game Boy and then pretty much just like evolving with every generation of console after that, you know? But yeah, it's like a testament to, to the brilliance of the core of the game. And this guy saw that. This guy saw what it could be and it kind of follows the history of like what he did there's definitely some i feel like there's got to be like some convenient dramatization in there of some of those action set pieces and things like that that get thrown in there but they're grounded within the story that they're telling it helps the story none of it is gratuitous it's all there to add to the tension of it because they really did go through a struggle like I, i read up on it later because i was like wow, i didn't realize there was so much drama around the release of tetris but Apparently, yeah, it was a struggle because you were talking about an intellectual property of the Soviet Union that they were trying to break out from the Iron Curtain and share with the world, right? And at the time, that just was next to impossible, right? And and yeah. there were so many odds working against them, so many risks involved, personal risks. There's appearances of or people portraying execs from Nintendo at the time, and a couple other software companies who were big at the time in Europe and just showing, like, those early days of battling for that number one spot and battling for, like, the attention of people in what was essentially, like, a nascent industry. You know, like, nobody was really that into video games. It was, like, kind of like a niche thing. But this was one of those things that, like, and the movie hits, hits on that real hard is that this is one of those... Things that kind of like took video games beyond just like the nerdy subculture thing that it was and broke it out into like a much more mainstream thing that kind of allowed the industry to, to really boom from there on out. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, apart from all the history stuff, which is fascinating, the movie is just very well done. It's, it's, it's really well directed, it's really well acted, very well cast. Like at the end of the movie, you know, how they typically go back and mm-hmm. go through all the, you know, so-and-so ended up doing this and this guy died later or whatever. And they show the pictures of the real people. You're like, man, the, the casting and the makeup work done to like take them the extra mile to match mm-hmm. the real life person. Phenomenal. That's really great. Done. Yeah. So I really recommend that one. And and I think it, it deserves to get a lot more attention because like I said, I haven't seen anybody share anything about that movie. Yeah,
1: I have not seen it. So. I think we did away with Apple TV before I got a chance to watch it and cuz once Ted Lasso was gone mm. uh, that we were like yeah we don't need an Apple TV anymore but now <laughs> now it's Ted Lasso is definitely not an underrated show. No no that's, that, that you know, that's, that's definitely their flagship. That's their flagship. Right? Flag
0: Apple TV in general I mean I've I've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast already now. They're very consistent with their quality. They got a lot of other hits there like one of my favorites severance. Yeah. For all mankind. Man that is Definitely one of the best sci fi shows. That's another one that, like, probably should be getting more attention. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't seem like it to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm disconnected. I'm, I'm not a big social media guy. So, like, yeah, I probably miss a lot of conversations and things about it. But it's, to me, I feel like I kind of catch on to like when something has stuck. Yeah. You'll see a lot of ads for it. You see a lot of mentions. You see a lot of just like merchandise and things mm-hmm. like that. And a lot of these Apple TV properties are. Really good, and I don't I don't, I don't really hear a lot of conversations around them. So in general, yeah. like Apple TV is one that I think is worth a subscription at least to like power through what they got currently on the slate. You know, yeah. what I mean? and if you do that, hit up Tetris
1: because it's a pretty it's a pretty good watch. That's great. Yeah. No, I I love hearing that. That's that's phenomenal. Definitely check that one out. Moving into my second one that I feel like is an underrated or undervalued. Movie that would be Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, okay, two thousand five. Now, if you have seen this movie, I'm almost certain that you love it because it really is an awesome movie. It was really what started the comeback for Robert Downey Jr. You know, we we think of Iron Man that came out in two thousand eight. Oh, five, right? man, it's an oh You're killing me. Oh. I know. <laughs> That's, this movie's almost twenty years old now, man. This is, which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, too, it's too much. Yeah, you can't it's wrap nuts. my head around how
0: much time has flown by. But it's, wow, that's pretty old, man. Yeah, it is, and, so, and I have watched it. It's yeah, good. It's I liked it. Yeah, movie. Shane
1: Black, you can't go wrong. But I just didn't realize it was that long ago. I'm I sorry. Know. Go ahead. No, and so yeah, Robert Downey Jr. gives a phenomenal performance. He, and it, like I said, that one really was, hit, in my opinion, his comeback. After he went through all of his issues, mm-hmm. kind of in the late, in the 90s and you know early 2000s when he was kind of getting over his addiction issues. This movie came out and it really showed you what kind of actor that he really, truly was. But it has a great cast in it. I mean, Val Kilmer's in it. Yep. He plays a private eye and he goes by the name Gay Perry because he's gay and his name's Perry. So there you go. But Val Kilmer's amazing it in it. Yeah, amazing. Michelle Monaghan. Who, I mean, if you don't have a crush on Michelle Monaghan, you're a crazy person, and uh, she's wonderful in it. But it's got Corbin Burnson in it, so if you like major from Major League, it's, it's a hell like, of a cast. Yeah, it is a right. great cast. It's a great cast, and you know it's a neo noir. So if you, I grew up, I say grow. I didn't grow up on this. I didn't grow up on uh, film noir, but I got into film noir when I was in college, like before college. I had to, like Maltese Falcon and things like that, mm-hmm. like. The old noir films. Mm-hmm. This is kind of—it's funny. It is a, a neo noir film, but it's you know obviously more modern. So you're not looking at somewhere like L.A. Confidential, which is also like a noir film.
0: Yeah, but, I, I almost want to say like I, I'm not quite on board with that neo noir categorization. I feel like it's just much more of a dark
1: comedy. You know? Oh, it is. It is. It, yeah. it is. It's a neo noir. I feel like I guess uh, the way it explained it, it is a dark comedy disguised as a neo noir it is or, or something of that because it's it sets itself okay. up because it, okay. you see what i mean like it is a dark comedy it, it yeah. almost is like a almost a satire i say it's a satire of it but either way the movie's hilarious it's really funny it is yeah it's a really funny movie and not slapstick type of fun. i mean it has like really funny goofy stuff in it when <laughs> she slams the door cuts his finger off it's hilarious and he's just going around with his finger and yet again it's just so it's these little things like it has like elements of slapstick and prop comedy but then it has like these dark jokes and things like that in it that are the best thing i feel like you compare it to is like the Corn brothers movies almost, it is right yes but it's yeah it's,
0: it's definitely got its own flavor to it where... it does
1: i mean downey down you think, you think that it. you think that flew under the radar really i do I mean, it was nominated for Academy Awards, uh, but I feel like yet again, it's more of these days you don't hear people talk about that in like the even like in the echelon of Robert Downey Jr. performances. Obviously, coming Mm -hmm. now, you have Oppenheimer, which he's. I mean, if he doesn't win Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars for that, he won the Golden Globe. He's transcendent in that movie. He's unbelievable. He killed it. Absolutely. He's, He's absolutely incredible. This is not a role that people talk about that much for him because we were so used to. Because right after that, you know, a few years later, he yeah, became he Tony Stark. Yeah, he had a Stark. lot of baggage. Yeah, and, right. and and you know, and he became Tony Stark in 2000. You know, and uh-huh. he's been Tony Stark ever since, right? I mean, he was Doctor Doolittle for like a little bit, but you know, don't talk about that. <laughs> for I'm sure he doesn't want to talk about that either. But you didn't really have him in much before. But it, that's what I said. Like, it's kind of an under the radar film for him. I don't. I don't know many people that have seen it. That, that aren't really kind of film buffs because I would always show it to people because mm-hmm. the performances are great. The story is fun. Yet again, it's like a, you know, a detective movie, but not really a detective movie. It gets, you know, it's kind of, it's funny because they base it off of books right. from in the movie. And they kind of say the story is unfolding like these detective books in the movie, in the movie. And it's so funny how they kind of just fourth wall breaking. Yeah. It's so good. movies. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what makes it so good. It, it, it kind of, it, you get to be a part of it. It's, I think what I liked much about it is that it's almost like those, like choose your own adventure books. And you feel like you're a part of the story. Mm-hmm. like You're in the movie mm-hmm. with them. And I thought that's what they did so well with this movie. It's so enjoyable that it's just, like I said, the characters are great. The chemistry is incredible. People will have a really good time if you just watch, if you sit down and watch Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang on a random night. But it's one that I literally would show to my friends. And I said, Guys, you got to watch this. Like, you've never seen it. You got to watch it. And everybody that I ever showed it to loved it. And they thought it was great. And so it is one of those movies where, yes, it got its respect when it came out, Mm -hmm. but it didn't have, there's no staying power with it. You know, you have like movies like Shawshank Redemption. You know, which right. I consider the greatest movie ever made. But, you know, it's one that's lasted through the generations, right? But, like, Kiss Kiss Naming is a great movie, and it's fun, and it's one that you would hope that people would kind of latch onto, especially if you're a Robert Downey Jr. fan, if you're a Val Kilmer fan. It's one of those movies where you don't think about it. It looks like it's like a, oh, it's like a B movie or a C movie, but it's not. It's an A-level movie sitting there, and if you ever see it about, if you see it on, if you have it on streaming, something like that, I recommend it because you're going to enjoy it. You're going to have a good time with it. It is. It's a really good
0: recommendation. I guess I've just never thought about, like, like I'm glad you said that, you know, you made the point that it's it's definitely among, like, people who are, like, film fans, right? Definitely, most of them have seen it. But, you know, your casual moviegoer, most of the time, yeah, they haven't seen it. A lot of these things they haven't seen, which we're kind of hoping we can throw your way listeners you know like if you're looking for stuff you kind of like doom scrolling netflix or all your other streaming services looking for something to watch maybe some of these recommendations will you know point you in the right direction because um we've done the the pre-filtering for you and give you the thumbs up there right but this um yeah it's kind of sad right that nobody talks about kiss kiss bang bang
1: yeah it's a yet again another outside of our bubble that's our bubble. nobody really talks about it that much. I mean, I don't hear any of my friends that That's talk about it. That's a great point. Yeah. Never
0: thought about that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, Indomite so my, my
0: second choice, right? I've been wanting to talk about this one for a while. I think we talked about it. Off podcast a couple times, and maybe mentioned it in passing here and there, whatever, but it's Primal on Adult Swim. This is jendy Tartakovsky's Magnum Opus. If you don't know who Jendy Tartakovsky is, he's, I think, one of the best contemporary animators we got right now. He did the first Um, Clone Wars stuff, right? So he did the original 2D Clone Wars series. Yes, he's done a lot of things. But that's one of the things that he did. That's actually, I think that's on Disney+. Plus. It is. Um, But it's kind of strung together as one chunk, right? Instead of being the original little... I think they might have been like originally like five-minute episodes or something, just kind of like thrown as bumps, you know, on Disney Channel or something yep, like that, in work. between episodes or whatever. Of whatever was they airing, work. yep, solid, right? The guy's got a signature way of animating. He does less with more. He uh, shows, doesn't tell. Not a whole lot of dialogue if it's not necessary. Whenever he's worked on a property that allows him to go that way, right? He's worked on a bunch of things besides the Clone Wars. He's did Dexter's Lab. He did uh, Samurai Jack, um, another banger series if you haven't watched that one. But Primal, I feel like, is the culmination of everything he's ever wanted to do. And then somebody finally cut the leash on this guy and let him go ham. So Primal is an animated series on Adult Swim, right? Um, And I want to bring it up because it was announced last summer that Season 3 is dropping this year. So if you haven't heard of this, which... More than likely you haven't because I rarely run into anybody who's even, you know, seen a poster for this. Mm-hmm. You are in for a hell of a treat. These are super easy bite-sized episodes, about 20 minutes of pop. And they are... The, the plot, I should start there, is in this primordial world where man and dinosaur exist together. And you're following this caveman and his adventures with a T-Rex who he befriends through circumstances kind of putting them into the mix together. It sounds stupid the way I just said it, <laughs> but holy shit is it good, man. It is like I said, very carefully crafted. Action only happens when it has to happen, and when it does happen, it's a fireworks show. It is beautifully animated. It's it's very gory, so not something for kids. It's phenomenally produce too. Like the way that everything comes together in terms of like music and animation, everything is masterful. I'm telling you, this guy has been trying to do this for a long time and when when finally given the chance here, he's been able to put together two seasons that honestly, I thought the, the story, the arc that he introduces from the very beginning mm-hmm. tied up so beautifully by the end of season two that I never expected a season three announcement. But here it is. And I can see how they can do it, but it's just that I think that it's extra, you know, sugar on top, really, at this point. Like, I, I'd be satisfied with those two, but I'm thrilled that he's doing a third one, right? Mm-hmm. And that it's not like somebody else hijacking and doing a third season without him or something. This is him seeing the potential for his baby
1: to have more story than I completely trust him. How long has it been since uh, season between... The, it will have it been between oh, the
0: seasons. Primal... I think Primal launched... <sighs> I... I have a very skewed perception of time, so because I thought Kiss Kiss Bang Bang came out a lot sooner than it did, yeah. Me, too. anyway, I want to say the original series or the season one Primal came out around 2017, 2016, I okay, say, something like that, you know. Okay. I could be totally wrong, I don't know, we could Google it, I guess, but I'm too lazy. And the second season, it may have been later than that because second season, I feel like I watched that in 2021. Maybe it was later than that. Anyway, season three is dropping this year. It is a hell of a show. There's almost no dialogue in this show. It is all like grunts, roars, animal sounds pretty much, you know what I mean? And the way that it expands on the world, because it drops you into this world that is minimal and basic and barbaric and cruel, and there's almost nothing to be had but that. And as these two adventure together and learn to work together the world expands along with their friendship expanding right because whereas it starts off with these basic adventures they start to encounter bigger and scarier and more devastating enemies and adventures that they have together and it just starts to snowball into all kinds of super fun episodes that I, i think anybody who's a fan of animation right and, and i don't think you even have to be really a fan of animation because my wife got into it a little bit you know like well, we, we started watching it yeah. kind of together and she was like she was like okay right. this is one of those yeah. things that can kind of transcend you know yeah that's and cool. um and i'm so glad it exists yeah. because so way back i want to say like late 2000s around there there was a there was a pilot for something that he worked on called korgoth of barbaria there was only one pilot one episode that came okay. out right he worked on the animation on that and that pilot was phenomenal. It was hysterical, same, gory action, slapstick within that, like, kind mm-hmm. of brutal, gruesome type brand of, of of action, right? And it was so, it has so much potential and everybody was so excited for it because that was what kind of everybody had been waiting for, right? For yeah. his breakout from the Dexter's Lab and from the Samurai Jack. Not that that stuff wasn't great, but you kind of wanted to see him like go unhinged with his brand of animation, yeah. right? Which is very, again, very minimal. Only does what it has to when it has to, and that pilot did not get pushed into a series. So it, it's still floating around out there somewhere. I'm sure, you could YouTube it or something like that. Yeah. It's phenomenal, but you can kind of see like what we were teased with so long ago, and then when we finally got Primal to drop, it was like you know the promise he had made back then yeah. finally getting to deliver on like the potential we saw in that that pilot of Korgoth of Barbaria got fully fleshed out in Primal, and holy shit does he redline on this. thing. I, I cannot recommend it enough. It is so good, and uh, I'm looking forward to season three. And I hope that with season three, like this show gets a lot more traction with like a mainstream audience. Yeah. I get why it doesn't, right? Because it's, again, super gory, R-rated stuff within an animation vehicle, which is... Mm. It's kind of a tough sell, I get it. But... There is some, this is a masterpiece, right? Like this is, this is a master, like working on his, like his magnum opus again. It's, it's, it's do all the credit in the world. Please check it out. If you love it, share it. Because I just think that these kinds of passion projects really need to be given the, the opportunity to really like flourish. Right. Yeah. With the drama happening with Warner Brothers and. Zaslav and everything like that I'm, I'm, I'm even more shocked that it's getting a shot to continue right so before they chop it and throw it under the rug because you just never know these days especially with Zaslav and Max and
1: all that stuff give it a watch it's really good that's cool yeah, yeah man I, I had I'd had seen you know some things about it but I, I truthfully have not even gotten into it so now of course I didn't want to, I want to check that out that seems really awesome it's great
0: you can binge the two seasons like nothing because like I said the episodes are I want to say like 20 minutes maybe a little less sometimes you know for Um, our attention spans these days it's fantastic but the thing is like that's the format that it needs yeah if you try to to stuff if you try to force an hour episode out of each of those I feel like you wouldn't quite get the same effect out of it Mm -hmm. you need this like continuation of this very simple story told in a very simple way Right, but in in, in small bite sized adventures that get like more and more and more wild. Yeah. Um it makes I, love total it. Sense. I love it so much. Yeah. Probably, Probably one sense. of my favorite series that I have watched in the last ten years. let's like, forget about, you know, camps
1: of animation or live action or whatever. It's just like across the board one of my favorites. That's great. Well that's uh yeah, man, I'm glad that we got to do this and, and talk about some things that we uh, some shows and movies that we really enjoy that people may not have gotten to pick up on, and sometimes you just pass over things because you just don't think you're going to be interested in them, and then yeah. somebody else that you know gets into it. I mean, that's that's what's so great about it. I mean, obviously we mentioned I mentioned a couple other uh, underrated things that you know movies that that I really like. Like I said. I was telling you off the offline before we started. Is like a lot of the shows that I watch, like TV shows, are actually just popular shows for mm-hmm. the most part. Like, they, I, I can't really, I couldn't really think of one that I watched. that was like, "Huh, you know, I wish I wish more people would watch this because it really." I, I usually generally like. I mean, I like Game of Thrones, right? Well, most yeah. of it.
0: But, I, but mean, I think whenever you you take a chance on something and it and it mm-hmm. pays off in a big way, it's worth sharing that so much more because. A lot of times, like I said, those are passion projects. Those are films that are not coming from a place of, like, we need to put butts in seats at theaters. This is just, like, something made for the sake of telling the story that I'm passionate about or what have you. Um, And those are the ones that need help, like the word of mouth help and everything. So, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that some of these recommendations we threw out, you know, people will will give them a chance and and check them out. Especially if you're tired of kind of, like, the monotony of, of Hollywood lately and things like that. This may be the kind of like palate cleanser you need,
1: you know? Yeah, I mean, we, we were talking like recent movies under the radar. We were talking about Godzilla Minus One, which both of us just That's another one, yeah. Loved.
0: By the way, the the two that we picked, right, which we, we did a terrible job of just sticking to two. Yeah. <laughs> Let's no, be real. We did. But um, that's by no means are we saying like, you know, that's all we had. It's just that we didn't want to go on this huge, long tirade because I feel like yeah. we could go on forever. We got a lot of we them. We could.
1: But but I feel like they're at least the two at the forefront of my mind. At yeah, least, you know? yeah, me too. That that's what I was thinking. I mean, it's just the ones that I think of. I mean, there's newer movies that have come out recently that just you know they didn't get the love. Maybe they should. And yeah, when we of, talked about it was, was one definitely that yeah, if you know streaming because it's, it's, it actually ended its theater run. So uh, well, got, the, the new the black and white one. Oh, that's right, the black and white one, too. Yeah, which, which would be amazing. Yeah, because if if you if you like the old school Godzilla movies or just any of those monster movies. This movie looks like how they would have done those movies if they had the technology back then. I, I think you would agree, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. exactly how 100%. they would have done. This is a original movie that would have been done in the '40s or whenever. I don't remember when Godzilla was '50s when it came out. This this is exactly how they would have shot that movie had they had the technology back then. That's what makes it so beautifully done, and uh, the plot's great. The, the acting's great. It's a, it's a great one. Um, another one and I just saw recently that I know it's not making any money at the box office probably because it doesn't have a huge release but American Fiction if you get a chance to watch that yeah, uh, I that it's absolutely yeah. incredible like, literally if it wasn't for Oppenheimer I think that would be the best picture this year for yeah Oscars. oh really? American Fiction's just when I tell you that it is a movie that every single person needs to see you know it's not even like a race thing about it, it's just a really important movie and a really, really smart movie. Yeah, it's done in a way that I think that it kind of highlights a lot of things that maybe, the especially just it hits on these like I say stereotypes because it's not, it's just but it basically pokes fun at a lot of stuff that's just so over the top these okay. days. Okay. And I loved it, and the acting is. Remarkable in it. Yet again... Jeffrey Wright never... He's he's never great. If, 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 if Killian Murphy wasn't... <laughs> yet craft, again... Man. If Killian Murphy wasn't nominated, Jeffrey Wright would win, in yeah. my opinion. And, and same thing with uh, with Robert Downey Jr. If he wasn't nominated for Best Supporting Actor, Sterling K. Brown would win. They're that good in this movie that... And they still might end up winning. I, I mean, I don't know what the mm-hmm. voters and the Oscars will do. But that's just another movie that... I think it's made like $5 million in the U.S. or something. And you said
0: it's still in theaters? Or, or oh yeah, still in right? theaters.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so if, if, if you're looking for a Godzilla glass, minus one, at least the color version is not. I think the black and white is. The black
0: and white version will come uh, soon, yeah. is my understanding. I'm yeah. not exactly sure, so you'll, you'll have to Google that yeah. exactly. But the reason they're doing that is because the movie... I, I picked up on it right away when I was watching the color version, right? The first theatrical run is that the movie is shot, like you said, right? Very traditionally. And one of those things that carries over from... Like one of those traits is the high-key lighting. Mm-hmm. Any movie that has like a lot of high-key lighting, high, high contrast and things like yes. that, lends itself very well to black and white. This is why Mad Max Fury Road yes. was translated so nicely into black and white. Yes. Right? You can't quite do that with every movie because mm-hmm. it's not shot in a way that really works that way compositionally yeah. on the screen. But this movie does that. And um, it makes total sense for them to do it. And because of the success of the, the color run, it's a no-brainer that they would do a black and white yeah. uh, second run. Why not? I'll right? go back. And it's watch worth it. it. They put a lot of heart and soul into that movie. My understanding is they did everything on like a shoestring budget too. Oh yeah, so it's, it's not even like a huge studio production necessarily. It looks like it. It feels like it. It does, but it does not. It definitely was not made with the kind of canons behind it that you know, like I don't know, your marvels
1: and your. Stuff like that is made with. But it got get nominated, I think, for best effects or whatnot. I think it is one of, that's the only thing only Oscar it nominated for, even though I think it should have been in the best picture running. Maybe not win it, but it should have been in the best.
0: And picture and they handled one. they handled those effects shots. So <laughs> there's it's it's so easy to get carried away with CGI, right? Like mm-hmm. you basically are like a mortal with this God's power in your hand to basically make whatever you want appear mm-hmm. on camera. Um, so you have to really be responsible about like how you hold yourself back and use CG in a way that's almost invisible because it blends into the shot in a natural way. And these guys did that with Godzilla, of all <laughs> they, things. They you did. know what I mean? They like did. It, it came off so nicely, man. All the credit in the world due to that. Yeah, absolutely. So. Let's let's count that as our mutual number three. That'll be that'll be yes. our mutual
1: one exactly. I, yeah. I think so too. Hopefully, people will give that one a shot because it really is remarkably done. And obviously, there's plenty of underrated things and underrated shows, movies, things like that out there that you know you guys probably enjoy. That, of course, we didn't mention. It's just too much. You could, you could give, basically do a whole just a podcast just about underrated things like that. I mean, do I a would love to one. hear
0: some recommendations from listeners. So too. if you've watched something that you think maybe we haven't caught on to or other people around, you know, you kind of have the same sentiment we do. Mm-hmm. Send us a shout out, you know, message on wherever. Just Instagram. Let us, let us know. Instagram. Let us know whatever you've got kind of in your back pocket of things that have flown under the radar that, sh- that deserve more attention than they've gotten.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate everybody listening in as always. You can find us on Instagram at nerd hero pod. Uh, we actually did, I got a nerd hero pod, uh, tick going. Yeah. yeah. I have nerd not posted, I have not posted anything yet. So, uh, you never know. It might, the first video might come out soon. So yeah, enjoy that. keep uh, an eye on it. Yeah. And, and maybe one will come out before this even, <laughs> this even actually gets in the air. So maybe it is on there, but either way, uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Obviously, all the podcast platforms—Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Pandora—you can do it online. You know, anybody, anywhere, you get your podcast, we're on there, and we appreciate everybody making us a part of their routine, their days, their trips, their gym stuff, whatever it is that you do. Uh, we we truly appreciate it, and we will talk to everybody next week.